0: Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I am a witness. Today, we're going to tell somebody about Jesus as we look through the eyes of some of his followers. But before we eat dinner with many tax collectors and disreputable sinners, now that we've seen them under the fig tree, let's follow our favorite co-host, Meredith Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Just chilling under the fig tree. Yeah. Um, guys, you ever have those words that you just can't say? Disreputable?
1: Yeah. Disreputable? <laughs> I even, Is that like, a problem for I even, you? like,
0: capitalized the right enunciation part. And I think it, Did I say it right? No. Disreputable. <laughs> I don't You're remember. You were, like, disreputable. 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 <laughs> Dis, yeah.
2: Disreputable. Uh,
0: it's guys. All
2: right. It's all right. How you doing? doing I'm good. great.
0: Barry's back from vacay. Yeah, Yay! I took a week off. Yay! <laughs> you look very refreshed today. Oh, yeah. thank you. How are you doing? You. I'm Tell doing us all about great. your vacay.
2: Uh, I... Just basically spent almost the whole week working on a massive woodworking project. Don't act like you're a big shot. <laughs> it's it's the biggest thing I've ever done, that's for sure. So what is it? I'm building cuz I th-
0: saw a picture of you get posted just covered in sawdust. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Cuz I don't have a good dust collection <laughs> or any <laughs> dust collection and so uh, I'm making so Liv and I are tr- transforming one of these one of the rooms where the bunnies live or where Rue lives the bun now uh, into kind of like a study. So Rue will still live there. It'll be like part bunny room, part study with like like rabbits le- and camels. Yep, leather leather chair kind of situation and I'm building this huge uh this one whole wall pretty much is going to be like cabinets like shaker style cabinets with with big bookcases on top and we <laughs> we were going down the road of like trying to do some kind of like IKEA hack yeah. where you get the pre-built yeah. thing and then you, you but like we couldn't find the right combo with the right height mm. And then I was like all right I'll just custom make the the Shelves and we'll buy the pre built cabinets, but then every time I looked into that, I couldn't figure out a way to make them match mm. like well. And it uh-huh. was gonna do we paint it all? And finally, I was like, you know what? Forget it, I'm gonna make it completely from scratch. And then that turned into, and I'm gonna make this an heirloom quality, like handcrafted thing. It's all you. oak, oak plywood, and oak uh, trim, oak boards that I'm taking from roughs on. Boards that I was given by uh, Chris Yonan actually, because at, at where he works, they get all these pallets that have them as spacers. All these, mm. w- so there's just real rough oak boards. But I now have the know-how and the tools to be able to turn them into like these beautiful, perfect dimensional lumber. And so I'm using all that for trim. It's it's going to be really beautiful, I think. And so
0: so I went over to your house last week to watch a movie. Yeah, and you showed me the progress of this project. Yeah, and I think it's going to be as heavy as your house. <laughs> yeah, I, like I don't know how you're going to move it in.
2: It's in, in, so it'll, it'll be three cabinet sections that are each 48 inches or four feet wide. So they're pretty big, two feet high, four feet wide, and then two big bookshelves. And I can move the bookshelves and the cabinets by myself, oh. but yeah, it'll take,
1: that, but once it's uh, in, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Paying off. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm getting <laughs> strong. So
2: anyway, I just had, I just had such a good time. I listened to the pod uh, while working yeah. on that. I you did. Yeah. You
1: listened to our pod?
2: Yeah. I wanted to hear what you guys were talking about. <laughs> That's
1: what oh, everybody does on the vacation. Pod that, you weren't
2: that I wasn't a part of. of. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant you
1: were like just listening to the pod. No, that would be <laughs>
2: weird. No. I just wanted to hear myself talk. No. <laughs> no, I was listening to the one that I missed. So ah, yes. uh, I listened to your sermon while working on the things, Marin. So yeah. Right I on. Yeah. I had a great time. Good. I love working with my hands. It's a lot yep. of fun.
0: Yep.
1: It sounds like a lot of work. Do you feel rested after uh, like yeah, really. working that much?
2: I'll just say this on Friday, Liv went on a little retreat. So I kind of was home alone. So I, I was just me and Cleo and the animals. And when, when Liv got home on Friday afternoon, I was just out there working and the sun was out. And she was like, Barry, you're glowing. Like you seem <laughs> oh, so happy right. right now. So it filled you, you up. seem so right, like then. just in your sweet spot. And so yeah. it's not restful in the sense of like sitting on the couch, but there was some of that. Mostly it was just feeling like you're getting stuff done. Doing something that just gives me delight. And. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Le- learning a ton. Like, there's two book bookshelves, two bookcases, and the first one I built, and it was a struggle because there were a lot of things I was doing I had done not right. My dados were too perfect, et cetera. You know the problem. I hate it when yeah. my dados are. Yeah. Really yeah. Perfect. I perfect. you hate that. And yeah. and then, but the second, I learned so much doing it wrong the first time that when I made the second bookcase, it was not only like perfect, but I did it in like a third of the time. Whoa! I'm like, I'm learning, yeah, guys. That's the way to do it. I that's am, a sermon illustration I am right there. My goal. In life is to be half as good as Jim Swanson when I when I am his age, half as good, half. That's that's it, and it's (laughs) unachievable. That's right.
1: You picked an unattainable goal.
2: (laughs) Anyway, so I'm I'm happy. I'm good. I'm here. I am. I'm back, ready to yeah, not work with wood.
0: I have a looming wood project that I have to do. What's that? My fence. There's like a tree growing underneath my fence. Ooh. And so all there's, like, five fence posts that are just, like, super wobbly now because mm-hmm. the fence is just, like, crooked. Are you going to, like – what are you going to do? I need to replace the fence posts. Oh. But uh, I Googled it, and I saw, like, just about 30 seconds of, like, measuring things, and I was like, I'm out. I'm. <laughs> 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 like I, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> measuring. Like, they had, like, a string going from one fence post to the other one to make sure it's, like, the exact height, and I was like, uh-huh. I – I am not built for this, <laughs> <laughs> so I might I might need to call upon I can, uh, the assistance I can of others. You
1: have a lot of, like, craftsmen in your life. That's true. Barry, yeah. your dad. My you're my dad. Yeah. He probably knows Yeah, how but he's, to like, that. 70.
0: I, he doesn't need to be, like, digging f- post fence post holes. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's good that it fills you up because it, like, does the exact opposite <laughs> to me.
1: Yeah. Maren, what's new with you? Uh, celebrated a birthday. Last week, oh yeah, Jed, my husband turned 42 last <laughs> Wednesday. So, the answer, yeah. the answer
2: to life, the universe, and everything, according to the Forty-two. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy,
1: 42. 42. Yeah, so he's arrived. How, how does he, he, he feel?
0: It. Is he like? Happy to be 42 or is he like looking back on his life being like, here's all the things I've missed?
1: No. Okay. No, no, no. We're real happy at 42. (laughs) 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 This is like the best. He's coming into his own here. (laughs) 42. Yeah.
0: All right. 42 is great. What'd you do to celebrate?
1: Uh, We went to uh, Peterson's Steakhouse. We'd only been there once before in our lives, and I was a little surprised that he would pick that, (laughs) because usually he's like sushi on his birthday. Oh,
0: really? It's kind
1: of a shocker that he he veered off the well-worn path of sushi, but we went out to dinner, and then uh, the best part was just kind of how we extended his birthday celebration. The kids were not available to go out with us on his actual birthday. They were working or whatever, and so he wanted to go out as a family Saturday night, but had an epiphany. You know, we could save a lot of money. If we postpone the birthday celebration to Sunday and combine it with the Super Bowl oh, oh. yeah, and then order in a bunch of food and whatever. So we got bar- we got barbecue and Wait. We, we made the adult children watch the entire game. And that was their gift to their father. <laughs> 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 exactly. That's how they That's feel about right. the Super Bowl. The game that went into overtime. The, the yeah. longest game ever.
0: So why don't they like did, did you guys watch Super Bowl? No. Yes. Barry did not. So like everybody <laughs> in the world is watching the Super Bowl. What what is so like unappealing about it, I guess? Unappealing? Yeah. Like why didn't you watch it? Just I have not seen
2: a <laughs> single I have not seen a single pass of football <laughs> this entire entire season. And I like, I have no problem with people who are into it and I totally yeah. get why people are into it. Yeah. It's just not the thing that I find. That's yeah. right. Interesting. And I, yeah, yeah, so so like Liv and I were like every now and then Liv would check out. She wanted to see like the halftime show mm-hmm. and she sure. was checking out a few things. And we were like going to bed and I was like, who won? She's like, it's still going on.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: it, it's a long event. Yeah. It was, it was, it was yeah. probably, it was almost five hours long.
1: It, wow. it seemed that way for sure. Yeah. yeah. So your kids it was were quite, tor- being tortured <laughs> Quite for five the, hours. Quite the commitment, quite the gift to yeah. their father to join yeah. him in that. <laughs> we, we tried to like, so Desi was crocheting. You know, like she's half watching, but really she's she's busy crocheting. He partied Uh, hard. (laughs) Jaden had his girlfriend over, and we tried to like engage with the game. Yeah, you know, we weren't really rooting for any one team, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Just that everybody has fun. Patrick Mahomes is another mixed kid like myself, so I root for him, just him. Hmm. No one else on his team because of that. Yeah, that's why we (laughs) we stick together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: no comment. Yeah,
1: but it was just fun, like just yelling for no reason, and. Yeah, Jaden's like playing along. He's yeah. he's like you. The last thing he wants to do is watch sports, yeah. but he knows <laughs> he knows so how to play the game.
0: Does Jed get joy out of everybody else just like being forced <laughs> to watch something that they don't want to do?
1: I mean, it was his idea. It's yeah. all right,
0: as a seven. And I, I know he's a seven
1: <laughs> yes, on the Enneagram.
2: Is, yeah. There is something that it's hard to explain about how f- how great it is to share experiences yes. with other people and like if if something that you're passionate about if you can like like I love showing people movies they've never seen that I yeah. love or like having an experience with somebody so I get it I'm yeah. sure that's what it is it's like yeah. it's a even though they hate share my better. share my joy
1: yeah it's a thousand times better when he's watching the game with people who know and love the game of course it's it's quite different when he's watching the game with children who are just pretending to care it's very, very different. Yeah. But
2: Were you guys really excited about Usher on roller skates?
1: That was cool. I've never seen Usher roller skate before. Well, and boy, could he. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a lot
0: of people on roller skates, and uh, I don't know if you saw this part, but a guy tr- literally tried to run onto the field, like a player, literally, literally literally tried to run onto the field and tore his Achilles. And then oh. they bring out everybody on roller skates. I'm like, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like throwing it in his face. <laughs> 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 it's like... Man, these guys are just blading around. Or what was it? Was it roller skates? It was roller skates. So
1: I was texting back and forth with the production team here at Grace Church. I will never watch live TV the same Mm -hmm. ever again because both Ryan and Shelby who are on the production team here they both have uh, sports broadcasting in their backgrounds Sure, and so now I see everything differently just Mm. because of conversations with them and I was telling the kids throughout the game I cannot wait to talk about this with Ryan and Shelby (laughs) I can't wait to hear their take on it and during I think it was right when the halftime show ended Ryan sent me um, an Amazon link to a pair of roller skates He's like get ready for Christmas oh (laughs) yeah there (laughs) we go sing on skates (laughs) Get ready There's for There's only Christmas. one way to that, find out. That
0: <laughs> has to be very hard. To skate? And sing and dance at the same time.
1: Yeah, but do you think he was really singing, or do you think that made a... Uh, it seemed like he was. Pre-recorded. Uh, Pre-recorded.
0: Oh. You think? Uh, come
1: on. It's the Super I mean, Bowl. he walked
0: up to the microphone, and when he moved his mouth, it seemed like w- you could hear. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but they can do <laughs> they, they can, can do mix like it. segments
1: of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm Sound sure there's work. parts that are it. live and parts that are pre-recorded. Yeah, but yeah. either way, I just thought it was hilarious. Th- this yeah. this is probably the third year in a row where the production team and I like immediately start giving our our play by play of how we felt the halftime show
0: went. Oh, uh, so just the halftime part. Not, Actually, no. Not the Shelby game. had
1: a lot to say about those graphics throughout the game. She mm. wasn't into them. She had a lot to say. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> oh. Well, we watched the whole thing. Um and yeah, it's five the, hours. Did the boys? The boys, boys? yeah. It. We went to uh, our in laws, my in laws' uh, house for like a Super Bowl party mixed with a birthday party. Oh, so yeah. we did the same thing. Yeah. So like ten Your minutes. Your birthday? No, Lane turned four a month ago, uh, and so they're like, "Uh, let's let's open presents uh, before the game." So like ten minutes before the game, we're like, "Hurry up, Lane! Hurry up! Open <laughs> it!" They were on a clock. Reba's about to sing the <laughs> national anthem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Uh, so we did a uh, birthday party joint, nice. birthday party, um, Super Bowl party. At
1: what point do the kids either go home or go to sleep? This we was blew it. Long game. We
0: blew it. They didn't go home or go to sleep. Wow. Yeah, so this morning was a complete nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Yeah. Uh, but they got to stay up, and Milo watched a lot of the
1: game. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, yeah. Um, we went to family game night. Yeah, at how Grace was that? Church uh a couple days ago. It was great. Shout out to Carrie Honeycutt cuz she pulled it together as a first version of it. I think I hope that they do more cuz mm. a lot of people came out. Mm. A lot of different types of games, a lot of different ages of kids were able to play, but man, I just I I have nothing good but good things to say. I, and game nights are always like hit or miss mm. sometimes because it's like not everybody enjoys the same type of activity. Uh-huh. And so you you never know. You never you never know, but she nailed it on the snacks. Ooh. She had salty <laughs> yeah. and sweet things. Nailed it. She had juice, Kool-Aid, like all kinds of stuff. She she hit every every part of it. Nice. So, did you
2: did you bring like a hardcore strategy game?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I sat down with Settlers of Catan and uh <laughs> me and Milo and Lane invited uh some other kid. No. The, but there was like Twister. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Twister, and that was that you was. You played Twister. I that did not, not play Twister. I was gonna say I sat there and ate my Cheez-Its, and I, <laughs> I watched encouragement. Yeah, the kids play Twister.
1: What are you playing with the kids these days? What games? Uh, a lot of
0: Uno. Okay, a lot of Uno right now. Oh
1: wow. Mm-hmm. So, what does that say about me? Because that's like the only. That's game, your favorite game. It's the only game that I will play. <laughs> <laughs> that's I it. mean, with it, other people, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta you're young at heart. <laughs> me and your kids
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what's new with us game night and we're we're big into uno and matching like the memory games oh, where I you put all the tiles too. out
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. you do I'm have a, a type Guys, of game gotta knock this off <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we're into that you you would love playing with lane I... lane would crush you lane crushes me you really you and laura yeah. need
1: to go somewhere and let tt come babysit
0: so you can play memory and Uno yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids?
1: Yeah, okay. that'd be great. I'll make them Asian lettuce wraps. It'll be the best menu. Oh, yeah,
0: they like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, uh, we are starting a new sermon series, and there's a 100% chance that because of the length of this series that I will, in about three weeks, have no idea what number week we're on. Definitely. Yeah, that's it's yeah. usually the third week. That's where a guarantee. He, yeah. that's the the one we just came out of was, was really pushing it.
1: Five, weeks, <laughs> pushing yeah, five exactly. weeks, pushing it, pushing yeah.
0: it. Like those middle weeks, I was, I, I kind of lost count. But we're in a ten. We're starting a ten-week series. Yeah. Um, called Witness. Uh, uh, so. You did
2: get it wrong, week four of the series. You said this is our last <laughs> week, and I was like, nope, we got one more. Yeah, if you see? remember. So, so see? far,
0: you're you're zero for Be zero this idiot. year. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I believe in you. You can do this. We're starting a ten-week series. Yeah. And it's going to go past Easter. Easter's a little bit early this, this year, so yep. it's gonna go past Easter. It's called Witness. And uh Barry, you kind of designed the series. Yeah. Do you kinda want to help share? Both of you guys can share a little sure. bit about like the the overarching narrative of what we want people to walk away from with this series.
2: Sure. Well, Maren, you did an awesome job setting up the series. Thank you. For this is my all. first time kicking off a series. Yeah, you did great. You well, did great. obviously
1: it's Jesus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I think <laughs> I think the basic concept of it is just that we wanted to, uh, you said just, we just want to spend time dwelling with Jesus or being with Jesus. And the way that we, the angle that we chose to take for this is to look at Jesus through the lens of those who followed him, those who were closest to him during his ministry. And so, uh, I think we're not necessarily using the word disciples as much, even though it's true, mm-hmm. just because disciples makes us think twelve disciples. Yeah, twelve guys. Twelve guys. But there's there's more we're looking at more people, his followers, the community. Yeah. I mean Lazarus and his mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. like all these different people and the twelve. Like we'll be looking at the yeah. different Dr. Baptist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it it just kind of gives us a unique opportunity to think. To put ourselves in the story and to to see what is God saying to me through the experience of my spiritual ancestor here who encountered Jesus face-to-face. That's basically yeah. the series.
0: And Maren, you, like you said, kicked us off. I did. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm always like a little bit, I'm mostly impressed. Like the day after you preach, like in your here. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, Wait. when do you rest? <laughs> like your back hurts, yep. but but you're here at work today. Yep. Um. And so you gave the message. <laughs> Will you uh, share kind of the big idea behind what you had to say?
1: Yeah. I mean, really, it was what Barry just said, because this was the inaugural message. Yeah. It was important to kind of lay down um, kind of just the foundation of where we're going over the next 10 weeks, wanting to. Um, encounter Jesus through the experiences that his followers had. And for me, it was important to talk about, um, you know, some of the original followers. Mm-hmm. I, um, when Barry wrote the sermon, we get this little sermon series kind of snippet overview. as a, an overview. Right. Yeah. And it's about what, two or three paragraphs long and a couple that, of scriptures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of gives us a little direction on where to go with the message. And I had Nathaniel and Matthew and Peter and so I wanted to tell their stories, yeah. Um, which was a little bit complicated, and we can get to that. But I also yeah. wanted to tell, um, or just kind of bring it more into present day followers, or because yeah, I I feel like I see Christ revealed in the lives of the the followers of Christ that are around me, and when they tell me their stories, it encourages and strengthens my faith. Yeah, just like when I read stories of the ancient disciples, it encourages and strengthens my faith. So. Yeah, I wanted to encourage us to share our stories with each other because it's how we reveal Christ to each other Mm. through His work in our lives. Is that why
0: it was so challenging?
1: No, it was challenging because I felt like I could just talk about Peter all day. Yeah, Yeah. or I could (laughs) just talk about Matthew all day. Right. Um, And even the the accounts of the calling of Peter, the scriptures that were on the little card, if you were paying attention, actually told two stories of Mm. the way Peter was called. There's the way his brother Andrew went and found him, which is kind of what I focused on because I felt it was important to talk about how Andrew was a witness. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the synoptic gospels, Jesus sees Andrew and Peter on a boat and says, come and follow me. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to kind of make sense of that in my head. Like, wait a minute, why do we have two different accounts of (laughs) the way that Peter was called? And I definitely went down a rabbit trail that had me lost for days, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked to Tim Ayers about it, like, help me make sense of this, and yeah. looked up a bunch of stuff on it, and I had that in the message initially, but the thing would have been four hours long, so <laughs> yeah. we had to cut it for time.
0: Yeah, we'll get to Peter here in a minute, um, but you said in your sermon, like, I can't talk about so-and-so without talking about so-and-so, yes. and I can't, so tell us a little bit about why you felt that way.
1: Well, right, I, I felt like you can't tell the story of Nathaniel without talking about Basically, his friend Philip, the evangelist, like Philip came and told Nathaniel, we found the Christ. Yeah. The story doesn't begin with Nathaniel under a tree going, hmm, I think I'll go see Jesus. His story doesn't exist without Philip.
0: Is that something you knew going into this? Like, is that something you expected to do going into this? Or was that something that you learned through the process?
1: I knew that for sure with Nathaniel um, because he's his famous line, can anything good come from Nazareth? Like he's he's famous for being a skeptic who was like lovingly brought yeah. to Jesus <laughs> yeah. through a friend his friend Philip. Yeah. Um again, I think the surprise was more with Peter because I don't think I ever put together that like okay, there's the Andrew going to Peter story and then there's the Andrew and Peter on a boat story and how are those stories connected and Yeah. um but yeah, but yeah, I, so I preached on the wedding at Cana, not yeah terribly long ago maybe a year ago i can't remember mm-hmm. um and that's where i f- first really dove really deep into the story of john the baptist on the shore with two disciples one of whom we know was andrew, andrew. the other mm-hmm. isn't named but we think it's the writer of the gospel of john who we think is the writer of the gospel of john yeah um, it's called <laughs> yeah. john's gospel but he he does not self identify as right. the
2: author he's just the the disciple that jesus loves
1: that's right, right. that's right so there there are indications within the gospel of John that would lead us to believe it's John who wrote it. But yeah. anyway, it leads us to believe that it was John who was one of the two standing mm-hmm. with John the Baptist that day.
0: Yeah. Um. So speaking of John the Baptist, um, you, you said he's standing there with two, two of his disciples, one of which of his disciples and one of which is Andrew. Jesus walks by and John basically says, there's, there's the lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, his disciples hear this, they stop at what they're doing, they follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andrew goes to find his brother Peter or Simon and brings him to Jesus. So my question do you for both of you I guess, um, did do you think that John the Baptist's disciples knew what John's purpose was?
1: I I think John was announcing his purpose. John the Baptist was announcing his purpose. So Um, it was
0: like, no, was it a big deal for them to be like, all right, that's the Lamb of God? All right, we're going to go with him.
1: It would appear that the day before that happened is the day that Jesus was baptized. Mm. What we don't know is, was Andrew there to witness the dove descending from heaven? (laughs) I I don't know that. So, yeah, Hmm. Jesus had already been baptized by John the Baptist. Right. Before uh, yeah. this scene we talked about yesterday okay. with Andrew,
0: so they the probably source. heard about it and they yeah. were like, "Well, and there I, he is." And
2: I think John the Baptist clearly understood that he was that that prophetic voice calling from the wilderness, yeah. preparing the way for the mm-hmm. Lord that that Isaiah talked about. Like that was his dad's whole thing was realizing that this was who my yeah, th- your son's going to be the that voice, and so. I don't think it would have been much of a stretch for his disciples to understand that when he's like, he's been saying, one is coming after me, yes. whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He's going to be the, he's the Messiah. He's the one who's going to transform the world. Oh, there he, there is. he is. If I was yeah. his disciples, I'd be like, all right, peace. i Kind of what
0: happened. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. it was, it was interesting to note how rare that was. And even in, in today's terms, if I have a bunch of followers on social media, the last thing I want to do is tell all my followers to go start (laughs) following someone else. But that's what this was tantamount to. Because John
2: knew what he was here to do. Interesting little, extremely small, unrelated, fun fact, or it's related. When Paul comes to Ephesus or yeah, when Paul comes to Ephesus, he finds a group of John the Baptist's disciples who haven't yet heard about Pentecost and like the coming of the Holy Spirit Mm. and so they they believe in Jesus they're followers of Jesus but they were because of following John um, but they hadn't yet understood like the full transformation that had come about through Pentecost so I don't know it's interesting John the Baptist clearly had a following yeah like he had a group of people that were his disciples and so here we're seeing the beginning of his disciples being transformed into Jesus disciples
1: at one point all of that was in this message. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Kidding. Yeah, because the writer of John, who we believe to be John, yeah. wrote the Gospel of John yeah. to the Ephesians to say, "Listen, John the Baptist is not the main dude, and let right. me tell you why. Let
2: me set some things. Even straight. John the
1: Baptist himself would tell you, yeah. he's not the main dude. Yeah. He's not even fit to untie the sandals of the main dude, who is yeah. Jesus the Christ. It's it's why he wrote his gospel. Sure, and I think that that's important, John. J- the John, the writer of John, not John the, Baptist, John the Evangelist, John the Evangelist is bearing witness yeah. to the people of Ephesus yeah. saying, okay, you're, you're focusing on the wrong guy. John the Baptist, he was only preparing the way right. for the real guy. His yeah. name is Jesus.
0: Right. And then, um, do you think, so, so Andrew's one of the people that goes and follows Jesus, but before that he goes and wants to get his brother. Right. So he's, no, he
1: follows mm-hmm. Jesus first and he hangs out with him for like a whole day because it says oh, okay. it says it was about 4 in the afternoon. Yeah, 4 in
0: the afternoon and then and then he goes to get his brother right be like, after
1: hey. he's hung out with the Messiah, he goes and gets his brother and says he's the one. And yeah.
0: Jesus meets Simon and gives him a new name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peter. <clears throat> and all I could think during this time was what was Andrew thinking? <laughs>
1: I've never thought of that. What was
0: Andrew thinking when he's like, all right, come, Jesus, this is my brother. I know we just spent like the last afternoon and you and I are tight, but uh, here's my brother. And Jesus is like, you're the rock of the church, not you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like, what was Andrew thinking about? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I'd be like, that never occurred
0: to me. (laughs) I
2: brought you here. (laughs) Although, what he does, yeah, what doesn't he say? What what does he specifically say in that encounter? He just says, you you are are Simon, Simon.
1: son of. Uh, Is it John? Simon, son of Zebedee? No. No. No,
2: that's John and James. Right. Uh,
1: But you will be called Cephas, and then he translates it. That's the other thing. John keeps translating things into Greek, so he uses the word Messiah, which is not a Yo, word that's that, a hebrew word right yeah. that the greeks would have been familiar with and so again as a witness he he puts it in their language and says uh, yeah which means christ right and then he says cephas which, which means, means rock yeah petros which means rock yeah
0: yeah do we know if peter was older than andrew
1: uh i don't know that we know that we do know Not peter sure. Peter that's was like, married
0: that's like a total little brother big brother thing. <laughs> yeah. that's, all, yeah. that's all i could think about yeah right uh yeah, he probably if it was. was. If if, <laughs>
2: yeah. if you're looking at it in that sense, and you want to look at it biblically, then he probably then Peter probably was the younger brother because uh, it yeah. always seems to go yeah. that way in <laughs> yeah. the Bible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. where the younger yeah. brother is the one getting yeah, called to greater things. True. Um, yeah, one of the things that I I find really helpful about things like the chosen, uh, which we've recommended as mm-hmm. a as a possible thing for people to check out if they haven't already, is that it helps. When you read these these accounts, it all kind of feels like this all happened within like a couple of days. Like it was like, but but yeah. this whole time period, we don't know. It's possible that Peter had met Jesus before. Yeah. But then Andrew comes to him and says, that guy that we met, yeah. he's actually the Messiah or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we don't really, we get only the bare bones yeah. kind of compressed facts. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to use your imagination to think right. that there's, there's a deeper story here. These are real people with their real lives. Like you said, you know, he's married, he's, yeah. he's got a family. So I don't know that. I just think it's interesting that, that we're just getting a glimpse and yeah. that's all we get to go off of, yeah. uh, which is why I like the way that the chosen takes that. And faithfully, I would say to the text um, builds out that mm-hmm. additional context that we have to kind of use our imagination for. Yeah,
1: so, definitely.
0: Anyway. Um, okay. So now we're at Peter. So mm-hmm. you wanted to expand on <laughs> Peter's call. So the floor is yours. Because
1: I have, I have this, um, this inner, curmudgeonly armchair theologian in my mind, and <laughs> who doesn't? And, and right? this person is sitting in the congregation, and they are judging every word I say. <laughs> Small so, but encouraging. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <No> world. <laughs> The things you pull sometimes just astonish me. Anyway, I I feel like when I'm writing these messages, I'm always worried about that guy. Yeah, me you know? too. You, and yeah. You have a small you have an inner curmudgeonly Of course, armchair theologian you who know in your head.
2: You know how sometimes <laughs> I come here and I say things like, "Look, and I know right. I yeah. know that it wasn't this and that." And you guys are like, "Why are you even talking about yeah. that?" Yeah. It's cuz of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been approached by that guy, I've but I know he's out there. I've been approached by that guy one time. Ooh, ooh, okay. Like he
1: he made a point to come talk to me after a service yeah and I never saw him again, oh but anyway um for that guy yeah i I was afraid that if I only focus on the one account of yeah. Andrew on the shores that there'd be a question of why is she avoiding the other <laughs> I always think that way why that's is she so avoiding funny. the other account um oh, so man. the other account
2: I am not infallible <laughs> that's right yes
1: I need a t-shirt that says <laughs> that <laughs> make me a t-shirt that says that and let me preach in it yeah. there we go um but yeah, so for, for that guy, there is another account in the Synoptic Gospels, and there's even variations within the Synoptic Gospels about this moment. Yeah. Um, were they casting their nets or were they dragging their nets? Um, either way, you get Andrew and Peter on a boat and Jesus walking by saying, come follow me, and they immediately drop their nets and go follow Jesus. Yeah. What I think is the case, the Synoptic Gospels don't indicate that that was the initial time they had encountered Mm. jesus yeah but the gospel of john which is very different from the synoptic gospels it does pretty clearly indicate that that was the initial encounter that was andrew's initial encounter and he goes and gets his brother and his initial encounter is getting a new name and john really does make it sound like that was the first time so in some commentaries i read and really in um Tim Tim Ayers has a commentary on the Gospel of John that was really helpful in the preparation of this message. But he said that disciples could be part time, full time, or seasonal. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're fishermen, right? Yeah, they're fishermen. True. And so it's it's very likely that they hung out with Jesus that day. They know he's the Messiah, but Peter has a wife to provide for. He he still has to go back to the boat periodically and yeah, fish. Yeah, that's the and, stuff you'd never
0: think about. Right. right. And you
1: don't know, was he doing that every day? So right. it would seem that at least initially, Andrew and Peter were part-time disciples of Jesus. And they they saw him when they could and they fished when they could. But when he calls them off the boat to come and follow him, it seems like, okay, we're, we're full-time followers now. Hmm. We're just going to follow you sure. forever to our deaths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I, don't. this is a huge
2: can of worms that we don't have to get into, but there's also, in my opinion, I, I don't, I don't think we have to bend ourselves into knots mm-hmm. to try to resolve every single little issue like this, where it's like, they're not, enti- I mean, this, these were, these were oral accounts mm-hmm. being written down 50 years after they happened to me, the fact that they are so similar in a lot of ways is actually a really significant indication of the fact that they're based in a true story. They're not just fabricated. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, but and yeah. the fact that there are differences also indicates the fact that there are real people yeah. encountering these stories and transmitting these stories and sharing these stories. So, But yeah, regardless, there, this is one of those that you could conceivably synthesize without it breaking the bank. Like You could figure out right. how to make all these stories still... Right. All be true. Um, And
1: John's whole point was that John the Baptist himself pointed his own followers to Jesus. Remember, if John is writing this to the disciples of John the Baptist in Ephesus, that's his purpose, to Mm -hmm. tell them your guy pointed his own disciples to Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then he goes to Philip Mm -hmm. and says, come follow me. And... All I could think of was like, do you think he was specifically looking for Philip? Because to me, it's like, oh, he's looking for guys whose hearts are ready. And Nathaniel's heart at initially wasn't ready, but Philip was like, "Yep, right away." Yeah. Hmm. And so, do you think he was? Do you think he was like looking for these people, or he was just like kind of walking through the Bethesda <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> and uh, saw him and was like, "Oh, you look, you look like you're ready. Come on."
1: it doesn't indicate why yeah. he chose philip it really doesn't why philip and not you know the guy standing next to philip it right. it doesn't indicate that yeah um but I, what it does indicate is that the first thing philip does is looks for i like that the text says he looks for he didn't turn to nathaniel nathaniel wasn't right next to him he looked for nathaniel yeah yeah and i think
2: there's it's clear through scripture that jesus was very attuned to the spirit of his father he was listening to the spirit and I know that gets weird when we think about the fact that like Jesus is God, Trinitarian theology is very confusing, but the fact is Jesus obeyed his father, listened to the voice of the spirit was driven by the spirit. And so I could imagine as he's walking along, he's getting nudges from his father, that one
1: Mm. and
2: saying, Yeah. yeah, that's the one. And, and, and there's also probably to some degree, Jesus knew the kind of kingdom he was trying to build. And so he's intentionally thinking all right well i got a couple of low class fishermen ah you know what i need i need a tax collector that'll <laughs> shake things up you know so i'm sure there's some level yeah. of i need at least one guy who's in the the upper echelon of jerusalem yeah. you know society i need i need some more people from the yeah. from you know the boondocks and like there's got
1: to be one that's going to betray me you got to go find <laughs> yeah. that guy yeah oh. right right yeah yeah
2: anyway i just so i i'm sure there's as with yeah. many things it's a it's a partnership between jesus yeah. and the spirit
1: and that's where the imagination can kind of run wild because did he, did he point out Philip because he knew Philip would go find Nathaniel? Yeah. Right. Like it's a twofer. twofer. (laughs) Did he point out Andrew because he knew Andrew would go get his brother. I mean, he's all knowing he had to have known, you know, that that would happen. Right. And this is,
2: sorry, I don't want to keep giving rabbit trails. There's so many good ones, but, (laughs) but the other thing that, that I think is important, especially as we get into this series is that yes, Jesus called and sort of commissioned 12 official disciples. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why, including the fact that there were 12 tribes of Israel, and this was a symbolic Mm -hmm. resurrection of the purpose of Israel being lived out through his 12 disciples. But like he did have a bigger group, yeah. of insiders that were with him through thick and thin they went everywhere he went and they included women and included people that he elevated to higher status there were a bunch of women that that used their widows that used their resources to provide for Jesus and mm-hmm. his gang and so it's like he had a had a crew that was bigger than these 12 um but he obviously intentionally built into these 12 and yeah. the biblical authors want us to see these 12 because of the symbolism of the fact that there are 12 of them. Yeah, And yeah. So all that to say, there's, there's all these layers of meaning and purpose behind disciples, um, so anyway, sorry. That's a no, little no. I'm rabbit glad.
1: Trail. I like seeing these rabbit trails yeah. because that's yeah, why too. this message was so hard to of put together. Of course it was. Yeah, I was. I felt like I just was trying to pull all these concepts yeah. together, and then I looked at Tim's week, and he just gets to talk about one guy. <laughs> I had to talk about five guys. Yeah, sorry. Fitted in a 30 minutes. Sorry. Rabbit you don't trails. think I'm
2: impressive? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> seeing your head spin and the rabbit trails you go down is yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's, there's too there's much a, to talk. There's about. There's a reason this was challenging. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> So Philip tells his friend Nathaniel who meets him with skepticism. He goes from skeptic to full-fledged believer basically because Jesus saw him. Yeah, and Jesus
1: you, said, I, I saw you.
0: Yeah, and you parked on that for a minute. Um, his transformation to me s- stands out because it it shows that a personal encounter with Christ can overcome intellectual doubts. Mm-hmm. So I we get these cards and... There's three questions on him. Like, mm-hmm. what do you see in the disciples? Where, what impact, did, I, I don't know, but what impact did Jesus have, right? You wrote the cards. I didn't write them. <laughs> Your team wrote we the We printed cards. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, um, what has Jesus invited me to today? Yeah. And so, I related to Nathaniel. Like, yeah. he seemed a little snarky.
1: Mm. And he so, does remind me a lot of you. Yeah, so he was like,
0: what good? <laughs> what good's going to come out of Bethsaida? Yeah. Nazareth. Right. Nazareth. Yeah.
1: And then Barry's like, just come see for yourself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Come (laughs) on. Come on. Check it out. Um, but so he's got intellectual doubts. And I was like, oh man, him choosing to follow Jesus because he's seen Mm. shows, tells me that, you know, an an encounter with Christ can overcome those intellectual doubts. Can I tell you what I
2: think happened under the fig tree? Yeah. So I think Nathaniel, this skeptical guy, was maybe that week that had a significant moment where he was sitting under a fig tree and he's saying, God, I don't even know if I believe in you Mm. or I don't even know if you're real. I need you to do something that's going to prove to me that you're, that you're actually in this. Or he's saying, God, I don't even know that you care about your children anymore. Like, mm. why is our world such a mess? I, I don't know that I can even put my trust in you. And mm. then he gets dragged to go meet this guy and he looks at him in the eye and says, I saw you under the fig tree.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh.
2: And then his first response is, yeah. you are the Holy one of Israel. Yeah. That's
1: excellent, Barry. That's how yeah. I
2: imagine it. Right. And yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say that, but th- I think it's more than just like, I knew that you were sitting under a fig tree earlier. Like yeah. I think it's,
1: you are the Christ. Yeah. I think it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, always I was that.
2: listening when you were
0: speaking to yeah. me
1: yeah. and
2: it's like, what? Wait, yeah. that, that, that,
1: makes me, way,
0: that makes the picture snap it. into focus for me because I yeah. was like, what, who, what about the fig tree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right.
2: Yeah. I don't know. That's my imagination. Yeah. But,
0: um, And then he calls Matthew and Matthew is a tax collector. And so my question to you guys is what does the call of Matthew say about Jesus?
1: Hmm. They came for the sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the healthy, rec- that's the
0: record scratch moment, the right? The
1: healthy don't need a doctor. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if I could go back to one biblical scene and just park there with my popcorn. Yeah. I would love to see the looks on the Pharisees' faces when he When they saw issued- the popcorn and they're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like you can pop it? We haven't even Why heard is it of corn.
2: Yeah, we don't even know what corn is. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus issued that mic drop moment, yeah. I want to see their faces. I just want to see their faces. Yeah, And I want to see Matthew's face. Hmm. I, I just can't. I tried to really put myself in Matthew's shoes and, and ride the emotional wave that I would ride if I heard someone call me the scum of the earth Yeah, and then heard this man I just met say that he came for the sick, that healthy don't, the healthy don't need a doctor. Yeah. Hmm. It, it just would hit me in such a different way. Wait, he's talking about me. Yeah, right. He's talking about me. I'm, I'm the sick. Right. <laughs> and he and, came for me.
2: And let's remember, I mean, Matthew's made a choice to ally himself with the Roman Empire yeah. to serve the beast that is ravaging the countryside of Israel. And there would have undoubtedly, if there was anything messianic about this Jesus that's walking around. If people were whispering about him as the Messiah, it would have come with the connotations that he's going to be the one to overthrow Rome. Right. And so now he's inviting Matthew to leave your tax collector booth and follow me. It was more than just like, Hey, I'm willing to hang out with you. He Mm -hmm. was also inviting him to a radical transformation of his entire alignment in life. So it says a lot about Matthew too, that he'd be willing to leave
1: and invite all his friends, right. his tax collector yeah, friends, big, and big, other disreputable, disreputable sinners. <laughs> disreputable
0: sinners. <laughs> <laughs> um, You said that Jesus didn't invite Matthew because of his potential. He came um, because wait, he came to me because I was sick and knows how much I need him. Yeah, mm. um, and I've always that that challenged me because I've always believed that Jesus meets me meets us where we are, mm-hmm. but as a human being, that. Like when I, when I would do, when we would do way of discipleship, I would look for people to disciple that I'm like, all right, they got potential. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, these, these, this guy can do it or whatever. So as a human being, I'm looking for the potential in someone to call them to something greater. Um, and you say he didn't necessarily see that in Matthew. He may have, but he, it doesn't say that he did. He just saw someone who needed him and that was enough to call him to follow, which is the thing I wrote down on my note card. Yeah.
1: I think I identify with Matthew more than mm. any of the others. Mm. And it's for that reason. Yeah. He, he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick that I love Jesus for so many reasons, but that's gotta be like top, top reason. Number for one sure. reason that he would call and that he would issue the invitation, even to those who are like actively doing the wrong thing. Mm. Like he did not wait for, Matthew to get cleaned up. He didn't say, hey, Matthew, I need you to go talk to Andrew and Peter and they're going to tell you some stuff. And if you accept that stuff, you can come follow. Yeah, me." Yeah, right. right. There's no conditions. Right. right. He just called him out from where he was and his presence alone, his word alone, he himself is enough to transform Matthew. Transform right. Matthew from a lying snake in the grass, traitor to his own people, yeah. to right. a devout follower changed him completely
2: that's why i love i love that the verb is follow not believe Mm. he says follow me and Mm. it does imply a level of belief or at least a level of trust like at least i'll check out what you have to say but it's it's the action of i will i will go where you go yeah That's what begins the transformation, right? It isn't mental or intellectual ascent. It is action.
1: Yeah. And we see the transformation along the way. I think it's also important to note that it's not like, like, let's take John for, for example, when John starts following Jesus, he's not immediately transformed and, and perfect John and James. Jesus calls them the sons of thunder. Mm -hmm. I love that nickname. (laughs) Sons of thunder. Yeah. Uh, Throughout my research for this message. I also very much related to James and John Uh for that reason. There's a point um, in one of the gospels where the, the disciples want to travel through a certain town, but the town like closes the doors and and won't let them pass through. And the two sons of thunder, (laughs) they say to our Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and just scorch them up right now? like, that's their answer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, we'll do it. That, we'll take care of that for you. Yeah. And yeah.
1: you two know me very well. Uh-huh. That would have been my response. Yeah. So, scorch him, Jesus. Let's burn them, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <burn 'em>, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're and, and Jesus tells them, if you think that that is why I came, then you don't understand yeah, me you at all. Get you you right. don't get what's going on. So right. I do relate really to I the do, sons I of I thunder. Bless <laughs> their hearts. Because those are also the guys that their
2: mom comes and says, <laughs> yeah. can you ensure me that my sons will be the ones right. sitting at your right, right and left hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. I it's relate like to adventures them in
2: missing the point. Yeah.
1: So they'd been following Jesus for some time, but still hadn't quite, yeah. you know, lost that sons yeah. of thunder edge. So <laughs> um,
0: as I'm as I was processing the story of calling Matthew, the invitation, so I wrote down on my note card, my invitation was to stop trying to live in a way that meets other people's expectations because of what you said. He's not calling us because of potential. So sometimes I live in a way where I have to, where I feel like I have to pay God back for mm. something or I have to pay God back for calling me to where I am in life or mm-hmm. something, or I have to prove that I belong because of this calling or my potential. And the story of calling Matthew is basically like, that's not it. Right.
1: What if yeah. he loves you just for you yeah, and right where yeah. you are? And
0: that's the invitation. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And we, we sang a song similar to what you're talking about. I think it was last week. He loves me too much to leave me there yeah he sees me there, yeah, and he meets me there, and he loves me there, but he loves me too much to let me stay there, yeah, so yeah, again, like the Sons of Thunder, as we follow him, <laughs> you know, we shed some of that old self and we grow and we transform in the following
0: so in all of this you you focused um not just on following but telling
1: mm-hmm. others.
0: You shared a story about your mom's words mm-hmm. in a local newspaper. what
1: was it called? The Recovery Times. The Recovery Times. Oh, cool. <laughs>
0: uh, about her testimony. And uh, so I guess it was published 10 years ago. Yeah. And you just read it now. Yeah. Right. Okay, I read so, the
1: published version Yeah. 10 years later. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. You, you knew the story. Yeah. She, but, she'd
1: sent me a rough draft ahead of the release yeah. of the newspaper and it was just so salacious. I just was like, no, I'm not. Nope. I mm-hmm. can't read it.
0: So you talked about what the words were. What did the words, what do, what do those words mean to you today as you're able to share them with hundreds of people, mm-hmm. thousands of people now on the internet? like What do those words mean to you now?
1: Well, that's the part I went into after I read the story. I think 10 years ago when I first read the story, it was just pain. I just saw pain. And yeah, I know that there's, there's a redemptive element to her story. I, I knew that's the reason why she was sharing it. But- I just saw a mess Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, like it's hard. There was so much I left out (laughs) because it's hard to even say some of the horrific things that my mom suffered through and the abuse that she incurred and just so hard to even articulate it. That's how I saw it 10 years ago. But now I see it the way she wanted her audience to see it, that Jesus heals and Jesus saves and that he he will go to the ends of the earth to find that one that is lost. Mm-hmm. My mom was so lost. She was literally living alone in an apartment and in fear for her life. She was afraid that the same people who killed my father were coming for her to kill her next. She literally laying there alone, worried about her life and pregnant with me. And that's where Jesus found her. That's mm-hmm. where he found her. Um, That Jesus um, transforms, that he takes yeah. things that were dead and resurrects them. And I think, I've often wondered, like, who would I be if that wasn't my foundational story? Um, Because, again, she she wasn't shy with her kids. She wasn't shy with me about um, my origin story and uh, the history of her life uh, before Christ, which is, again, just so powerful to me. I see Jesus revealed through the eyes of her, his Mm. follower. And this is why I was trying to encourage people to share their stories because of that, that very reason, how encouraging your story might be to somebody else. Mm. I don't like telling the story, but there were a handful of people who approached me in the lobby after both services who told me just a bit of their story. And it Mm. sounded a lot like my story or my mom's story. And, for some of them, they're like, oh yeah, I've been telling this story. One guy said, I I was incarcerated for blah, blah, blah years. And I tell my story because I want to keep people from going down the path I went down Mm, and I I want to lead them to Jesus. And others you could tell hadn't necessarily told their story to very many people or, or maybe they're, they're like my mom was in 1982 and they're just being brought out of this dark place, but they hear a story like my mom's and they're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And and I feel him calling me, that's why I'm in church. I feel him calling me out of that life. Um, and I know he's showing me that sobriety is possible or you know, a, a, a richer, fuller, more abundant life is possible. But right now I'm just kind of at that precipice and I'm mm-hmm. learning to follow Jesus. You yeah. know? But that's what the story says to me now. It, it tells me that anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible, but it's only possible through Christ. Yeah. Only possible through Christ. And
0: her pain uh, was turned into a powerful tool for her ministry even today. Yeah. Like she spoke to yeah all these people mm. this past weekend. Yeah. That Which was, was wild.
1: Again, my mother-in-law called me about two weeks ago. She's like, hey, somebody put this in my mailbox. Would you want it? And I kind of hung my head on the phone with my mother-in-law going, yeah. okay, you can send it to me. You know, truth is <clears throat> I never read it, but okay. And I get... It took a lot to get me to even sit on the couch and say, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I I'm, bet. I'm going to read this. And when I read it, again, I was just so moved. I, I saw um, the way that she was compelled to draw others to Jesus, compelled to tell them, like the disciples were compelled unto death. They yeah. were compelled to tell people the truth about who Jesus is and glorify his name in that way. Yeah. My mom was compelled to tell people the truth about who Jesus was in her life. Yeah. And yeah. my adopted dad, too. Like half of the page was mom and half of the page was dad. And mm-hmm. it's just crazy that, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's their, I follow in their shoes. I'm a continuation of their legacy. Um, And I want to be honest with their stories. I want to be honest with my stories so that my kids will also know how real this God is. Yeah, And it's not just, you know, some fairy tale that they've been brought up to believe in.
2: Yeah. There's something that's a tradition in some church denominations that's just not, unfortunately, not one of our traditions. But that's the time in the service where people share testimonies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, it's open mic, people get up and and share whatever has been on their heart, whatever God's done for them. And I think there's something missing when we don't mm-hmm. routinely hear the testimonies of others, because otherwise like our whole faith is built only on what we've experienced mm-hmm. directly versus yes. being strengthened by, oh, this person encountered God in that way. And he showed up for, for her in that way. And this person went through their doubts in this way. And it's like, as a community, when you see it all, it it helps. It's like a rising tide lifts all ships. Your faith is strengthened yes. by the experiences of others. That's great so it, we do, it. we do miss it. Like when we don't have that. And I don't, I don't know the answer to the, what do we do to fix that? It's just an acknowledgement that we, that's not a part of our,
1: we start sharing it. Yeah. I don't know. I I was a part of a church in Chicago that had like open mic testimonies yeah. almost every Sunday. Yeah. And that can get real, it can weird. Get real out of hand. Real yeah. Weird. Real weird. <laughs> People
2: start asking for money. It can be real become, fast. <laughs> yeah. I've been in a few settings like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it, it doesn't mean like we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Right. Agreed, agreed. We've got to share our stories with one another. I really wanted to impress on our people to share your stories with your kids. One time I was at a dinner table with a family member, mm. uh, a group of family members. And one family member started telling their story of how they came to Christ. And another family member said, that is not dinnertime conversation. Oh. And shut it down mm. because you know, had a story kind of like my parents' story. It was yeah. kind of wild, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not dinner time conversation. That's not dinner
2: time conversation. We're going to talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: But I think that there was, I, I think that was in an attempt to be polite. Sure. You know and.
2: Don't touch on the unsavory yeah, you know, topics at, at of, dinner your, time. of your past or whatever. But really, yeah.
1: this family member was like opening up and sharing their story. And mm. maybe that needs to be part of dinner time. Sure. That needs to be part of more people's dinner times. I think the thing that impresses me most about my mom is how willing she was to go there hmm. with her story. Yeah, that is her incredible. very painful, incredibly unflattering story. Sure. She's willing to go there, not just with her kids, but with... Anyone who would pick up a paper and read that story, yeah, and all of her friends. I yeah. mean, she was not shy about it. She didn't hide it. And again, the impact she had on my faith and so many other people's faith, um, I can't even quantify it.
0: Sure. Yeah. So what we're talking about is is witnessing, yeah. right? Like I witness something or experience something, and I tell you about it. And so yeah,
1: witness is it's it's two verb ways: verb and a noun. Yeah. You know, I am a witness to the things I see but I witness to the things I see. Yeah, I'm yeah. a witness to the things I see to those I'm telling, you know? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to call our series that, I felt like yeah. that was important to denote.
0: So yeah, both seeing and telling. Mm-hmm. And so how does, um, how does witnessing transform not just the people who hear the story, but the people who share the story? Mm. Like how was your mom <laughs> transformed?
1: Well, the truth will set you free. I remember there was one piece of her story that, it's funny. Her daughters were adults. All three girls, all three of us, my sisters and I, we were adults before she shared this one last little piece of her story. <laughs> yeah. She called us into her bedroom and I'll never forget it. I don't know why. We sat on the her bedroom floor in a circle and she's like, I have to tell you guys something. And she was overwhelmed with sadness and it was gonna be really hard for her to say. Ironically, it's something I'd known all my life.
0: Oh Oh, wow. But
1: my two sisters didn't know. (laughs) They're five years younger than me and six years younger than me. And again, they have a different dad than me. So their their whole life experience is very different than mine. Yeah. I I just knew stuff that they didn't necessarily know and I preferred to keep it that way. Sure. Because I'm trying to protect them Mm. from something that might hurt them or or whatever. Um but in that moment when my mom was like, I got to tell you this. And then she said it out loud. And I'm like, that was it. That's what you wanted to tell us. Mm. It was so <laughs> liberating to her that I already knew. Yeah. Again, the truth will set you free. That was like the last bit of her story that she yeah. was kind of holding back. Yeah. And when she let that go, that's when she had the freedom yeah. to put her whole story into words in that paper and let everybody else see it. Yeah. It's that freedom. Yeah. That's what I she received.
2: completely agree with that. I think our shame from our past, mistakes, sins, whatever, can have so much power over us. And it's a truly freeing thing. It takes the shackles off when we share open and honest about our past and talk about how Christ has transformed us and redeemed us. Yeah, it doesn't, no one can hold it against you. No one can have power over you when you are sharing the things yourself that you've done and and yeah. owning it. And um, it's it's also... A benefit to you because when you share, even about the darkest stuff, it is a reminder to you that God did deliver you, did mm. transform you. And that could be so easy to forget because we, we so focus on the now and like, what am I feeling today? How am I experiencing? But like to continuously rehearse God's deeds in our yes. lives and the lives of others, that's how we maintain a faith in a murky world Yeah, is is to remember, who he was, what he's done for us, how he's come through for us.
1: Yeah. Because let's say you don't have, you know, a super dramatic testimony like my yeah. mom does. No matter what your story is, you see his faithfulness. Yeah. When you share your story with others, it it bolsters your faith because you are articulating his faithfulness, which is again, making his true character known, which right. is again, glorifying him. Like it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's like this this cycle. He does for you, you share what he does for you with others. He lifts you up again, you share what you yeah. share how he lifts you up. It, yeah. it,
0: I was going to say that. It for me like I'm not going to go through my testimony, but it seems like there's like a number of waves mm-hmm. <laughs> that I could share that it's like, oh, let me reflect on what God did. Right. Let me reflect on what God did. And if I spell it all out, it would right. take a long 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 time, but there's waves of my life where it's like that could, that in and of itself could be Mm -hmm. my testimony.
1: Yeah. I don't think uh, that's really important to distinguish. I don't think that a testimony is just a one-time thing. Sure. Yeah. You know, Um, my mom's story, even she, she talked about being alone in her apartment. That is one element of her story. Yeah. Later, you know, she marries my adoptive father and there's a lot of tension in the home because her and her stepson were clashing constantly and so the healing of their relationship is another part of the testimony sure. and so on and so forth up until the day she died the mm. way she handled uh, her terminal illness is part of her testimony right. there are absolutely waves
2: that's right I think we we are so misled by an assumption that uh, that all that matters is is getting across the decision point of of believing right. in Jesus that which I think of as the starting line if if all of our testimony is just how did we get to the starting line we're missing out on what testimony is testimony mm-hmm. is what is your journey it's ongoing yeah. it's the ongoing journey which be includes the starting line mm-hmm. but it also includes all the ways that God has continued to shape you that's right and the ways he was calling you even before you made that decision so it's yeah it's maybe testimony is a word that's lost its meaning because we it's so over spiritualized
0: um yeah. i think it's because i don't know why i don't i don't know why but i know like statistically like 50% of millennials think that evangelizing is wrong, right. morally wrong.
1: Yeah, because they're going to equate it with like colonization. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Proselytizing, trying to make converts. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. So I'll give an example. My kids, I I think I told this story on the pod a couple of weeks ago, so I won't share too much, but I, I had had an encounter with Jesus in my kitchen one night. And the kids came home from young adults and they saw my bloodshot eyes. Yeah. (laughs) And they were freaked out. Yeah. Like, what happened? And I'm like, no, 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 it's good. Let me tell you. Yeah. And I sat them down and I just shared what happened that night because I wanted them to know the power of God in that moment. Like, while you guys were at young adults, your mom was having an encounter with <laughs> moment, God. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. Believe God. <laughs> that was me bearing witness to the kids. Yeah. You know, so I don't just want to like, well, here's how your mom came to know Jesus. Yeah. That, right. That's it's, not it. It's ongoing. And that's, that's what right. I mean by share your stories. Like, did God come through for you at work? Tell your kids. Did God heal something in your marriage? Tell your kids. Yeah. Tell people your story. It's It's this ongoing story. Where are you seeing him show up in your life? That's right bear witness to the things that are true about him. Is he healer? Has he healed anything? Hmm. Tell somebody, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that's good. I wanted to tell my kids, God is so present. I felt like it was just him and me alone in this house tonight. Mm. And he, he made himself known in a way that was so obvious and so far beyond coincidence. Only he could do it. Right. The subtext of that is if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Sure, I'm sharing my story so yeah, that that's right. you will believe. Hmm.
0: Well, thank you for kicking us off so well. It was a powerful message, and I'm glad that even though I can't remember what the questions are on the card, <laughs> I'm glad that we're asking people to uh, to do it. Because, well, it's how did you relate to the disciples? <laughs> uh, how did you encounter Jesus? And then what's he inviting you to do? Okay, Way to go. Way to so, go. I'm glad that we're asking people to do that because um, ten weeks is a long time. Mm-hmm. and to be able to reflect back on week 1 and be like oh there's this powerful moment that I got to relate to Matthew or Nathaniel or whatever um whoever it is for you i think you kicked us off in a really like meaningful and powerful way so thank you thank you um where do we go next what are we doing it is Tim, right? Yep. And yeah,
1: he's, Tim's coming in. Tim's
2: going to be speaking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Thank you. I was going to get there. It's been. A, <laughs> I've been off all week. I don't know. Um, uh, so that'll be interesting because I, I don't know that I've heard a sermon about John the Baptist that was focused on his understanding of Jesus as a mm. as a follower yeah. of Jesus. Um, there's this really incredible scene where John the Baptist he's in prison, he's going to die, and he reaches out to Jesus, basically kind of saying like, "Hey." Are you the one? Yeah. Like, oh, are you yeah. really the one? Yeah. And and Jesus' response is beautiful and prophetic. And it's so, anyway,
0: it'll be good. We're going to have to figure out how to fit Four mics another here. person at this table. <laughs> Kayla,
1: you're going to have to change this entire set. <laughs> Again, <we're, laughs> Again, yeah. How we're, is this going to happen?
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we, now with the cameras, we can only like fit like three sides of the table. We can't put a guy over here.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: So I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find out <laughs> next week. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, we'll be back next week in the next nine weeks talking about witness and uh, I'm looking forward to it and it's going to take us all the way through Easter, uh, Good Friday and Easter. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And like Barry said, uh, The Chosen is one of the one of the resources we're recommending. And I don't know. Have you guys
1: watched it? Mm-hmm. Uh, several. Yeah. Few I, I have not watched all of it, but yeah. I have definitely watched a handful of episodes and even kind of in preparing for this message like oh I wonder how they depicted this moment mm-hmm. and it's I haven't powerful. watched any of
0: it and I, I, this makes me want to watch it yeah, yeah. it's worth yeah. it's worth a watch so. for sure cool all right uh Marian, will you please send us out I
1: will do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God
0: and we'll see you on the other side of Sunday